0: to the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson. I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Miami Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, how's it going?
1: It's going well, David. How are you doing? Doing pretty
0: well. You know, it's like, uh, feels like we kind of have like a, you know, well obviously there's like a lot going on in the world. But even from, like, a sports standpoint, it feels like we kind of had a, a busy couple of weeks. Um, yep. yep, Like, between, like, the NHL, the NBA, like, kind of all announcing their plans. And now we're just, like, kind of in a – it feels like we're like, a holding pattern now for the next uh, month, basically, until, like, the teams kind of get together and all um, come to Florida to, to play some, some real sports. But um, Miami's keeping kind of busy, right? Like, they're always, they're always keeping busy. We got a lot, actually, to kind of talk about. Um, If you missed it last week, we talked um, a lot about the George Floyd protests, coronavirus return stuff. We're going to talk more about that in the second half of this episode, because you you talked to Manny Diaz one-on-one, actually, I think a day or two after uh, we recorded last week. um, You know, got hit, kind of his thoughts on a lot of that stuff, and, um, you know, Miami really kind of back to practice. But um, Miami's staying in the news also because they just keep working the transfer portal, Uh, We're recording this Monday. So uh, late last night, Jared Williams, not to be confused with the Jaron Williams, uh, an offensive lineman from Houston, uh, announced he is transferring to Miami. um, And that should be it for Miami this offseason, but it was a really busy, really productive offseason in terms of overhauling the entire offense. Um, And Jared Williams, you know, they obviously got Derek King from Houston, and that was kind of like priority number one was find a quarterback you can make a really strong case that this is the second biggest addition they made all offseason. Um, a guy who has 17 starts under his belt as a tackle, started all 13 games at Houston two years ago, started four last year before an injury, uh, cut short his year. But I mean, he's a guy that Miami brings back all five starting offensive linemen, six offensive linemen with starting experience, and now they add one more and a guy who – I would say is a favorite to, to start at one of the tackle spots uh, this coming season.
1: Yeah, all of a sudden, right? The weakness has hope. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a lot of hope. It had hope before because those guys had experience. You know, they're they're going to be a, a year older. They have a new coach, which I think was a, a big plus too. Um, it, you know, in Garrett Justice and um, yeah, this this should be a big. A big addition, um, you know, the Jared Williams addition and, and the, you know, and the Derek King factor, you know, to, to get him in and somebody who already obviously has rapport with Derek King, you know, because they always say communication on the offensive mm-hmm. line and knowing each other and, you know, is, is so important. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, to me, my take is that just this whole offense. There's so much hope and so much uh, positive right now, you know in talking about the offense um between the quarterback king and now the offensive line and you know and the and the receivers and I don't know just just everything seems positive, but like I told you before we got on this call i you know I thought the same thing last year right. <laughs> Williams, and, and you know, I thought, wow. And that was what everybody wrote about. Everybody's stories were, well, the defense was really great. Finally, we're going to have a great offense. Uh, yeah, great offense. But, um, yeah, it didn't really work out that way.
0: Yeah, the offensive line, I, I tweeted this last night, um, that there's a really deep group. All of a sudden, you know, and people were like, that doesn't mean anything. But, like, that's kind of why I said deep instead of good. So, they, you know, they've obviously got the five guys who started most games last year. Zion Nelson at left tackle, um, Ja'Kai Clark at left guard, Corey Gaynor at center, Navon Donaldson at right guard, DJ Scaife at right tackle. Then you throw in John Campbell, who I think started a, a game or two at guard, has played some tackle before. Um You know, there's that's kind of a a wide range of talent in that group. You know, Corey Gaynor was you know really solid at center, DJ Scaife is, um, I think a you know pretty solid right tackle for them last year and certainly has a lot of potential. Um, Navon Donaldson has obviously you know proven that he can be excellent. Um, you know, so it's a wide range of guys who like you know are going to be starting caliber guys to to guys who are kind of just playing because they needed bodies, but. Just having bodies is huge, especially with a new coach who's got, you know, who's trying to kind of figure out what he wants, what's gonna, what what combinations are going to fit. He's got a lot of options to play with between those those six guys who were here last year. Then you throw in Jared Williams, obviously, who you assume is going to start somewhere. Um, and then two really good freshmen, uh, Jalen Rivers, who can play immediately. He was a top 150 overall prospect. Um, uh-huh. And then Isaiah Walker, who we'll see if there's going to be a waiver or anything to get him to play right away. Um, He, cause he he was at Florida, but he's another guy who was, you know, the top tackle prospect in, in Miami Dade County last year. So they just have a lot of, a lot of options. And, you know, when you considering where they were last year, where it felt like, you know, they were just kind of, it's like shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic, right. Where it's like, you got all these guys, but you kind of are stuck with your group of guys that, that clearly can't get the job done. Now they've just added to that a couple more guys who who might be options as guys who can get the job done. Like, the level of competition is should just be significantly improved there, whereas last year it was someone had to play, right? So, like, the competition just wasn't – like, guys were playing who, who probably shouldn't have been because there were no other options. I don't know if you're necessarily going to have that same situation this year just because of the sheer number of bodies that are there pushing each other.
1: Yeah, and I, and I do think, again, that the coaches – are going to make a big difference, you know? Not just yeah, we'll Garrett Justice, I think uh, uh, Rhett Lashley. Yeah,
0: I think the Lashley right. thing is, you know, Garrett Justice obviously has a, a pretty good track record, albeit, you know, not necessarily at like big power five schools. But the Lashley right. effect of like bringing in that offense, it should be more O line friendly. Like, I buy into that.
1: Yeah, and there's so much energy now. I don't know. I I just, uh, yeah. I, 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 we have to see what happens with the season, but I guess we'll talk about that later or whatever. Yeah. Again, it's you know, we have to we have to see what happens. Every time we every time we're talking about UN football, it just it's kind of weird in a way, right? Don't you feel that way? Yeah. It, it's kind of like you don't. Know, when's it when's it going to happen? That's all. I, I when's it really going to happen? I know. I don't I don't mean to bring up that old story, but it's kind of an ongoing story. So.
0: Mhm. Yeah, I mean, Manny Diaz is the king of the off season, right? Like that is it's like inarguable at this point, right? Like he's got to make people excited, but yeah, it it all just comes down to can he actually? Oh, so I don't even mean yeah. I don't
1: I don't even mean Manny how he gets people
0: excited. I mean the the
1: COVID stuff. You know the actual. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's
0: what I. Well, i I'm kind of saying like you know it's he's, you know, it's kind of this t- time period where it's impossible to, like, judge what you actually look like, you know, because we only saw three spring practices. Like, exactly. all there is to do is recruit yep. and and kind of get people excited, and that's what, what he did. And, and, exactly. and probably exactly. the ultimate like, window to do it was this year. Right.
1: And everybody, I, kind of I kind of feel bad for UM in a way, but for every school is in the same situation, you know, yeah. every major – uh, football school or whatever, uh, you know, NCAA school, because because uh, nobody really practiced much. Right. So you so you, you know Manny, you know Manny Diaz. You get, yeah, you got all this great stuff. It sounds like, and now it's just just so weird. You yeah, know? it's like, like wait and Diaz, see.
0: I mean, let's,
1: it's let's always it's wait and happen. see, but it's especially yeah.
0: wait and see this year.
1: Yeah, they got to get on the field. You yeah. know.
0: I will say, um, you know, and this is something I think we all kind of talked about as things were, like, getting really ugly for Miami last year, was that, like, really it was going to come down to whether, you know, Manny had to um, assess what was wrong. And, and, you know, the question was going to be, like, is he going to be able to assess what's wrong? He clearly did. And is he going to be too stubborn to, like, kind of make changes? I mean, this offseason is just proof that, like, he's going to keep trying to tinker until he makes it work. And maybe, you know, maybe – if it doesn't work this offseason, like, who knows if he gets a chance to do it again. But, like, he's at least proven that he's, like, he, he gets what they need, right? Like, and that, just the whole offseason, I mean, what's kind of really impressive is obviously they got the quarterback they needed. They changed all the, you know, they changed the offensive coordinator, changed the offensive line coach, um, I think made a really good hire, it seems like, as a wide receivers coach. Um, yeah, But he's, like... Part of it is short-term thinking, like, you know, he knows he needs to win now, but they kind of, like, balanced it. You know, they get Jared Williams, who's the short-term plug-and-play type tackle, but then they also got Isaiah Walker to come in, and, like, they made the roster work where, like, you've got... the, the It seems like they are doing a pretty good job of, like, getting the the short-term fixes without, like, sacrificing all the long-term stuff. Um, you know, like, a quarterback, they got De'Ara King, but they also signed a good quarterback in Tyler Van Dyke. They like I said, yep. offensive line, they got Jared Williams, but they also got Isaiah Walker. Um, you know, most of the coaches they got who are, who are guys that ostensibly are going to fix things right away are young guys who are, who are you know, potentially going to be around for a long time or, um, you know, at least a couple like you know, they're, they're not guys who are just kind of this is their last stop necessarily. They're guys who are, who are young and ambitious and um, it, it, the off season, like it's incredible how well it went, considering how bad it was. Like that's been talked about a lot, um, but the fact that you know they they got creative, I think, and that is um, as important as anything.
1: Yeah, and I think that uh, I you know I've seen some some fans tweet that uh, you know that it's you can't build a team with with grad transfers, you know, and yeah. I, and I honestly i'm not saying you can build a team with grad transfers but i kind of disagree with that or you can't you know get back to the way you were i i once were i mean i think i think you can i think they're really important you know i think kj osborne as a receiver was important i think uh grad transfer and i think jared williams i think guys that have experience and can actually be leaders you know, I, even if it's their first and only year with the team, I, I think I, I think this grad transfer, this transfer portal thing with the grad transfers is is really important. Yeah. You know, as long as they keep getting some good young guys, uh, infusing some of the experience and some maturity, hopefully, and uh, leadership. Uh, and 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 you, we've seen it proven that you can be a leader. You know, just walking
0: onto a team, Right. Yeah, that's an important thing, I think, to note is that, um, and I think they kind of were explicit about it last year as part of the reason they got some of these older guys was they, they felt they had that leadership void in the senior class, um, you know, beyond basically the, the linebackers. Um, I think the jury's kind of still out on just, you know, how effective it can be. You know, obviously really mixed results in year one uh, with the grad transfers. You mentioned KJ, KJ was obviously a, a big success story. Um, but obviously the Tate Martell thing didn't work out. Um, the the Tommy Kennedy thing didn't work out. The Trayvon Hill thing worked out. So, you know, kind of mixed results. And I think that's what the expectation should be, basically. Um, especially when you take like a huge class like that. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, this year, like, Derek, it feels like they have a couple more sure things in this class, but I think we've talked about on this podcast that like, you know, Derek King is much more established than Tate Martell, um, I think even Jared William, you know, even though Tommy Kennedy was really good at Butler, it's just a different, you know, Jared Williams is jumping from G5 to P5 rather than FCS to FBS. Like, uh, you know, it's just a l- slightly more established across the board uh, to the it's point Quincy where I think you can, can trust this group. And then obviously Quincy Roche was an All-American. So, like, I think it's just a little bit more established guys in this class, which we've talked yep. about. But, um... Jared Williams kind of falls, I think, into that that trend that they've had of, you know, they, they were a little bit more selective with the transfers this year, right? They, they got five this year. Last year they had, I don't know, like eight pretty much. I don't know off the top of my head, but, you know, Martell, um, you know, Asa Martin. Like they, they, they really just took a lot of transfers last year because that 2019 class – I think was smaller than they had hoped that the 2020 class ended up being a pretty good class that you kind of could supplement it with guys rather than like have to build a half of your class with transfers. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, I, I think again, they're doing everything right.
0: Yeah. Or, yeah. And, and they, you know, they continue to recruit pretty well too. Like I mentioned, you know, lot, the 2020 recruiting class was I think finished like 12th or 13th in, in like the 24 seven rankings Got a couple more commitments in the last week of the 2021 class. Um, Jacoby George, kind of the most notable one this week, wide receiver from Plantation. Um, I think they're right around that same spot here. So, you know, it's not like they're just doing their work in the transfer market, which I think is maybe the outs. You know, people who are, are, you know, not Miami fans just kind of hear about Miami always being in the mix to get these transfers. You know, might think of them just as a team that's leaning really heavily on transfers. I think they did a good job this year of pivoting from last year. They did probably lean a little too heavily on transfers out of necessity, partly. Uh, And then this year, they kind of blended, I think, the the transfers and the high school kids a little bit better this offseason. All right, uh, let's wrap things up by talking kind of about some of the same stuff we talked about last week, The how the coronavirus is affecting things and uh, the George Floyd protests, which are still ongoing um, across the country and including inside the uh, Carol Sofer indoor practice facility uh, last week. Uh, you talked to Manny, like I said, I think two days after we recorded. Um, you know. So we had talked about a lot of the stuff that you talked with him about, but you really kind of got to get some of his – um, input on things. I guess you want to start with the football stuff. The, you know, the day you talked to him, which was what Wednesday, I think last week. Um, Tuesday Tuesday was the first day they were able to get back out to the practice fields. Um, you know, we obviously saw a lot of guys inside the IPF for, they did a eight minute, eight and a half minute, like moment of silence, taking a knee for George Floyd. So, So we've seen that they're they got a lot of guys around the program again. Um, and they're certainly, you know, it's signs of signs of life for uh, for college football, I think. Uh,
1: yes, and uh, you know, Manny was Manny was he was he was good as always, David. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, he he, he told me actually, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of news. That they were. I mean, we had been saying we—they're coming back. I had done the story on all the parents, and we knew some of them were heading back. Um, but uh, I guess the—you know—June fifteenth is the day that um, that the the voluntary, quote unquote, voluntary workouts uh, mm-hmm. begin. Um, and you know, they what Manny said was they've always known that August, the beginning of August is their target. That's what happened. That's right. when practice has to start if they're going to have a season. Um, a but season on the time. Big, what was that? A season
0: that starts on time.
1: Exactly. The big question was, what happens before that? Yeah. You know? So, so now, uh, a lot of the players have already t- returned. Manny told me last week that there were three quarters of his team had returned already, which was really interesting, mm-hmm. you know, by today, And that, he said he was Estimating, but about three quarters, and um, and that uh, yes, the 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 players from Connecticut and New Jersey and the hot spots, New York, did have to uh, quote unquote quarantine or separate themselves from the rest of the team for 14 days. But that a lot of the players he told me had already done that, or or several of them, however many, from those kind of hot states um, for the coronavirus. And others would just have to wait, and you know, start. I guess on June fifteenth, um, he, you know, uh, he he said that the at that point the Carlsbad indoor practice facility was still closed, but that was I guess oh, uh, uh, so a week ago Tuesday they opened Green Tree Field up where they got permission yeah. for. Pl- practice to, to do workouts with each other no coaches are allowed right. uh, to be there or or to even observe them and uh, but the the kids like the receivers are working out with their king's been there other quarterbacks so now they're allowed to throw throw and catch you know throw and catch uh, practice routes routes um, and you know different different groups are getting together i think it's tougher for, like, the, we're just talking about the offensive linemen. Yeah. And and even defense the defense, because there's so much contact. But um, they, you know, and he also talked about that that when, now it might be open now, okay? Remember I talked to him last week, but the indoor practice facility had not been open, even though they did have it open for the... Uh, right, they're, the H- not,
0: they're not practicing in there yet.
1: No, they're not. They had that special event yeah. where the kids were protesting. But no, they were not. If they are now, I'm not sure, but they were not practicing at that point there. Um, and that they were discussing, you know, some of the coronavirus precautions they have to put in, you know, safety measures. Like uh, they were talking about when they work out, when they lift weights and stuff, they were talking about eight player maximum in the room, I guess, at, at any one um, lifting session mm-hmm. with group, um, and um, the players have had physicals. Uh, he, you know, Manny told me that regarding the COVID-19 testing, he said that uh, all, all he's gonna say is there will be testing. He said, we work at a university that has an outstanding medical health system attached to it. And, you know, people like university president you know, Frank will be the ones that, that set those rules up as far as testing goes. And I did ask him if anyone had tested positive for the coronavirus on his team, and he, he said that it's not information mm-hmm. he's going to pass along or that he's allowed to pass on. And um, he said as he has the whole time, and he said he's going to go by the science um, and whatever the medical expects. You know experts tell them to do. I asked what happens if a player tests positive i mean and, and who knows if someone has has or not but and he said uh it's there's science and there's the facts and that and that's where we're going by um but he you know he didn't say anything in you know specifically about that and he also interesting, interestingly enough, I asked him if any coaches uh, had to take a two week furlough because okay, some mm-hmm. of the athletic department uh, employees have had to take a, a mandatory two-week furlough in either June or July, and he told me um, <laughs> he said the uh, sacrifices have been made, um, and then yeah, and, and and it turns out that uh, that they have they have taken uh, they have taken I think a certain percentage pay cut. Um, so I think between I think Barry Jackson reported between three and yeah three to ten percent according to one of Barry's sources, mm-hmm. and it said I think that's the football coaches agreed to pay, uh, take pay cuts three to ten percent. So that's kind of interesting. Um, so f- as far as that goes, I think they're they're starting to work out. I mean that's that's already a, that's a good sign.
0: Yeah, and it's Maybe, you know, guys obviously, you know, were able to work out at home and stuff like that. And, you know, theoretically, they could have, like, last week or the last couple of weeks gone to, like, um, you know, like Tropical Park or something and, like, thrown the ball around. Or, you know, like, they could have gone to, like, local parks. And I don't know, actually, Tropical Park is open. I shouldn't say that. But, like, they could have gone to, like, a local field or whatever, a local patch of grass and throw the ball around. But, um, you know, this yeah, is obvious. This is obviously just like makes it easiest, make and and that's maybe the most important thing that you, you when you talk about what Miami uh, missed out on with only having um, those three practices. The biggest thing that they could have gotten accomplished in that time period that they did not get to get done, I think, is the rapport between Derek King and his wide receivers. Right, like you know you can you can learn the offense. Obviously not ideally, but you can learn an offense by like studying film and and reading the playbook and then that kind of stuff. Meeting with coaches virtually, Um, the offensive line. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, Well, but of course, Jared Williams wasn't even there for the spring, so like that was going to be a work in progress into the fall anyway because of that. The De'Ara King thing, like that was probably like priority number one coming out of spring. Other than like just learn the offense, um, was probably like. Find out if Derek King is your quarterback. He almost certainly is. Um, And figure out who his group of wide receivers is going to be because that was such an open competition. And, um, you know, they're behind the eight ball there, but they can um, definitely start to make some progress in that regard, I think, in the next couple weeks before, you know, like formal team workouts and stuff like that start.
1: I do think the offensive line actually is. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I just say, I'm just i just saying that because, like, with Jared Williams yeah, I, coming in late anyway, I, that was going to cause, like, an extra little layer of, um, you know, stuff they were going to have to work out no matter what.
1: Yeah, I mean, and then, by the way, they had four, four practices.
0: Four practices, I, sorry.
1: Yeah, four. But I, I think, um, yeah, I think the O-line also, because of the new spread, you know, the, the non-huddle, no, the – you know what I mean? No, how to hurry up? That the offensive line really had to had to get used to that. Also, I, I just think all of it ought because they're changing their offense. All of it is, is very very important. Yeah. Um. And 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 yeah. I mean, all of that. I, I I and you know what? I did ask Manny about how, about them staying in shape and stuff. And you know, how how much does he expect them to be in shape? And the and the truth is he he didn't really know. I mean yeah, he, he can't
0: know. I mean obviously the guys home. they've been able to see a little bit in person they know, but but a lot of guys they just he can't know.
1: Yeah, it's different when they're lifting water bottles or whatever the heck they were doing at home and then and then doing stuff with their teammates. But I again that's gonna be like all the programs in the United yeah. States. Yep. So, um yeah.
0: Yeah. So. And we talked about this last week too, but Miami does have the benefit of having so many of so much of their team being pretty local, being, you know, South Florida kids, where I think they probably are gonna have higher attendance in these like optional team workouts than a lot of teams are because just because it's easy for a lot of guys to get around get get here. Yeah, definitely. Um Blake James also spoke. I think the same day you talked to Manny uh, on a radio interview, um, basically saying he thinks that their season's going to be able to start on time is his like gut feeling, but without fans. Um,
1: that was really interesting. I mean, yeah, I'm trying to figure out if Blake Blake actually yeah Blake went on the radio the uh, the next the next morning after I talked yeah, the to Manny right. yep. near the evening kind of on Tuesday and Wednesday morning, Blake went on, and I I didn't really expect him to say that. He's, you know, t- 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 saying that his gut, you know, told him that, that the, his gut tells him, yep, yeah, there will be a football season as, as, as it's planned, mm-hmm. beginning September 5th against Temple, but he said, quote, probably without fans in the stands, and I'm still trying to figure out if he said that because it's a smart thing to say, because, this way, if they do end up having some fans, like we've talked about, you know, if they have a you know twenty thousand fans or fifteen thousand or whatever they have, um, it'll people will be really excited, <laughs> you know, that they have any. Or if he, if he, if you know, I, that's what he seems to think. At least that's what he said twice in the interview, the beginning and the end. Mm-hmm. He said. Um, So, uh, my gut, he said again at the end, my gut is we probably start without fans in the stands. That's not what we'd like. We'd like to have a full stadium, but that's probably not realistic now. So, if we can have a modified version, meaning, you know, we talked about the Dolphins having a couple preseason games, um, that UM is going to be very intent on watching. They're going to go in there in the press box and all that. And, and they're going to look on the field, and they're going to see how they how the Dolphins do it. But um, how weird is that, right? I mean, I know we've said that all along, but you start your games, and there's no fans? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's I
0: think just- I think it's always been the smarter tech to just be, like, to temper expectations. I, I think Manny Diaz has done a really good job of just being, like, not answering our, like, questions where we ask for his opinion on things like that. Because, you know, like he I- said, it's like... He doesn't know. Like, no one knows. Um, but but I think he always it, gives right
1: answers. He, he, like, doesn't answer, but he does. He does say that, like, you know, he's still – he's good. I, I, yeah. Well, no, me. I'm
0: saying, like, he's smart enough to be, like, if we say, hey, do you think they are going to be – the season's going to start on time? He's like, hopefully, but who knows. Like, I, and I think that is um, what more coaches probably should be doing. Uh, you know, none of them are experts on this. And no – honestly, like – no one in the world knows what it's going to look like even the experts who have the best idea it's it's like meteorology to a degree we've never seen this before you know it's predicting the future um but i think it's always smarter to kind of like temper expectations than be like yeah we're definitely going to have 15,000 people in the stadium and then like have to backtrack on that so i'm not totally surprised to hear blake say that but it is interesting cuz like i think a lot of athletic directors have been a little bit more optimistic sounding about having fans in the stadium all along. But it's also worth noting Miami is, is one of the, in, you know, a lot of these teams are, you know, SEC schools are in areas that do not have the same level of, um, you know, the same sort of outbreak that, that we had in South Florida. Yeah. And, and I
1: think, I think Blake has, I mean, they have talked about all different options before. Yeah. Blake, oh yeah. I mean, not, they're definitely
0: talking right. through everything.
1: Yeah. Um, but it was just, um, I don't know, that one, he was just very public about it. Yeah. And uh, they're going to have to, I mean, they're going to have to figure out how to refund fans, and they're going to lose more money. And But, uh, you know, I, I think it's actually, it's going to be complicated having fans in there. Mm-hmm. Bathrooms, we talked about this. Concession stands, uh, I don't know, media. We've taught, we're have we all saying, what what's going to happen with us? Are we going to be able to watch yeah. practices? I don't know. I, I, you know or, or are they going to just uh take a little video clip and send it and put it online you know and put interviews online or have us do a telephone We're we're wondering about us too. It's just like ev- everything is big question mark
0: Mm-hmm. all right, uh let's wrap up with I guess a little more talk about the George Floyd protest, mainly because Miami carried you know just kind of keeps handling it I think the right way um. We talked yeah. about kind of all the statements coaches put out last week, um, and then yeah, we did. And then on Wednesday, maybe I get all my days mixed up, but they they like we said they did the a protest inside the indoor practice facility. Um, you know, a bunch of players were there. Administrators, coaches uh, took a knee for you know eight and a half minutes to commemorate. George Floyd, um, you know, something that I think a lot of places have done. But Miami, I, I'm sure some, some of the players have been out at protests. I don't know if we've, like, kind of seen anyone publicize it. But, um, you know, just a, a good – I think a good way to, to show solidarity as a, as a full football um, and, I, th- I guess, right. athletic department. Um,
1: yeah, it was such a good idea. I yeah. thought it was a great idea because they could keep them all together, all the all the athletes Different sports, all the different mm-hmm. coaches. President Frank was there, and they could keep it insulated, you know, yeah. um, in the in the indoor facility. And um, also, it's pretty cool. I, you know, it's a, you know, I, I think they obviously told players, yeah, say what you want, you know. Manny Diaz, they have the freedom to to tweet out, to put on Instagram messages. What each thought about it, you know. Derek King had a really, really uh, eloquent. Oh, yeah, that long, was since
0: last week. Yep.
1: Yeah, unbelievable statement. In my opinion, it was great. Um, so uh, it was a, it was a, it was that was a real great teaching lesson or whatever, and a lesson in a lot of ways. Um. um yeah. So that. It was just, and then, by the way, that was, I'm laughing because you're talking about time. That was Tuesday, so I, <laughs> I talked to Manny Tuesday Tuesday late afternoon, evening last week, and, and that happened at night, and I had asked Manny all about that, and he did not, he didn't tell me that was going to happen. I right. learned that when we saw all the tweets and stuff, but, um, yeah, but, but. You know, so that was Tuesday night, and we, we kind of learned more about it over the overnight. Right. Yeah. And, but it was a great, it was a great thing they did, and um, it's it seems. like What's great is you know you see all the stuff with you know Florida State and and Norville, right? Yeah. Uh, kind of getting in trouble. I don't know if getting in trouble, but a little bit. Yeah,
0: out. a little kerfuffle.
1: Yeah, I mean, more, more, more than that, and it makes you, it, it makes you really respect, or it, make, it makes me respect the UM program for being very communicative with their players and getting right to the heart of the issue and, and letting them emote and discussing it. And um, uh, I get yeah, I love the way UM has been when been dealing with it. What what about how do you feel about that?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's only you know they. Obviously sports have been, like we've said, like kind of the centerpiece of a lot of this for a long time with, you know, specifically with the Colin Kaepernick and the kneeling and even going back further with, um, you know, LeBron, you know, the I I can't breathe shirts and and LeBron and I think what was it, LeBron, Chris Paul, Carmelo Anthony going on stage at the ESPYs. I think after Trayvon Martin was killed like that because of how many, you know, it's kind of the highest concentration of like highly visible black people are in the sports world. Sports right. is always kind of at the forefront of this. Um, obviously, I, I talked actually a lot about this on the Heat podcast we did last week because Udonis was you know spoke at the protests last Sunday. I think it was last Sunday. Um, you know, basically, you know, the sports world doesn't have that kind of platform right now that that it usually does, where you know you can kneel during the national anthem or wear a warm up or write stuff on your sneakers or. Um, you know, address the crowd before a game, um, you know, like key players have done in the past. Um, So, you know, athletes have obviously found a a lot of different ways to kind of um, be involved, whether it's, you know, leading some of these protests, like, you know, UD obviously speaking, Um, you know, Jalen Brown, who plays for the Celtics. It was kind of a big story last weekend. They drove 18 hours from Boston to his hometown of Atlanta, um, you know, to help lead a protest. A lot of athletes have obviously just, like, shown up at protests, you know, even if they're not leading it, which I think is pretty cool also, the fact that they're just, like, part of this mass movement. Um, and then, you know, I'm sure when the NBA comes back in a couple months, two months, whatever it is uh, from now, a month and a half, there will be some sort of, you know, demonstrations guys will do. Um, and... Like I said, I'm, I'm sure there are some Miami athletes that have been out at them. I don't think anyone has, like, specifically, like, publicized that, but I'm sure there are some. Um, yeah. But this is yeah. just kind of another way, you know, the Miami football team has a lot of followers on Twitter and on Instagram, and De'Ara the, the King has a lot of followers on Twitter. And, like, they've just, I think, done a lot. And it's not like they've just done one statement. They've done a lot of different things to um, – use that platform. It's not just like the one statement that you put out and then that's it. They, they've kind of been perpetuating it and doing it in different ways. It's not just like every day they put out a tweet that a, has a hashtag Black Lives Matter. Like They've done a lot of different things, gotten creative, and I think done a good job like getting the spotlight um, out there in a way that they can, that, that a lot of other people obviously can't. Yeah, and
1: I, I, think, I think they really care. Yeah, obviously. You have yeah. I think UM really cares, Manny, the staff, UM in general, not just Manny, all the all the all the coaches and uh they have some really good coaches and I think they they care about their athletes. Uh and um yeah, f I, I think they're pretty evolved that way and of course it depends what your opinion is on different matters, but yeah. I, I think they're thumbs up for me.
0: Yeah yeah it'll be interesting to see you know we'll see obviously what the if you know what the world looks like in late August when the season starts um I'll be pretty curious to see what college football teams across the country do like on uh, game day
1: because I, of, I mean you're saying you know there's been no platform or well not you know the games haven't gone on right. so we know that NFL. Everybody's gonna be kneeling. I, a lot of people, a lot of players will be kneeling yeah. now. and, and I, I'm not
0: sure we've seen that much in college football. Just you know, the players don't have as much of a voice in in college sports, and not as much power in college sports as they do in, in pro sports. I'll be interested to see if if that changes. Um, when they do this the, year.
1: I'm trying to. This is crazy, but when they do the David, when they do the uh, national anthem, well, I know we're obviously in the press box or the player. They're all out. Yeah,
0: I think so. Are they all out? Or, I think so.
1: They're all out. They they've run out of the smoke and all that.
0: Yeah, I believe so. I think some teams do it differently, but I think Miami usually has them
1: out they're, there. They're actually out there, mm-hmm. but yeah, it'll be. They are. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, what happens in that respect?
0: Yeah. So. You know, if, if it's not kneeling, even if it's you know warming up, and I can't breathe, sure, it's like you know NBA teams have done before, or. You know, just the, there's a lot of different things they could do. That that again, college sports, you know, not necessarily because it's the athlete's fault, just have never hasn't been quite as, I don't think, vocal on these sorts of issues. Um, kind of again, it's kind of systematic because the the mostly black players don't have the same voice in that in the same sort of power in college sports um, as unpaid students, volunteers, basically, uh, as they do in. Pro sports, so that's kind of what is gonna. I'm gonna be really interested to see if that changes this year. Um, Not just because it's you know become such an issue, but it's become a mainstream thing. Like you know, you you see the NFL kind of apologizing basically for cracking down on the protests in the way they did. Um, Yeah, I think I saw the U.S. national soccer team is they actually banned kneeling during the anthem, and they're rethinking that. Like, it'll be really interesting to see how how. The response to you know these protests that are you know originally kind of took form in the kneeling and stuff like that. These protests and the response to the protests, how that kind of affects college football in the fall. Yep. All right, I think we can uh, wrap things up there, unless you've got uh, anything else to add. Uh, MLB draft this week. A couple of Miami guys in the mix. It's gonna be weird though, only five rounds. So, but it looks All like right. Chris McMahon.
1: Like forty rounds.
0: I think it's thirty now. It used to be forty.
1: And then and and uh, yeah, I I mean, UM U- U- does have um, you know, UM U- U- has some guys that uh, that yeah. they think could be, you know, could could be in those top five rounds. Chris McMahon, right? Yeah, Chris McMahon,
0: and, uh, Slade Siconi. Should be pretty early round, you know, first or second round picks. Freddie Zamora is kind of a wild card because he's coming off that injury. Um, injury,
1: and, yeah, I think he's a wild card. We'll see. And then, and then, uh, and the first baseman, and he was the home run king of the ACC, not this last uh, season, yeah. uh, who does, like Alex Terrell, who was so good. I mean, he,
0: yeah, maybe in a normal draft, he would be like a lock to get taken. You know, he'd be like a. <laughs>
1: were like like yeah so um was they only had played 16 games yeah uh when when the season was canceled but they were 12 and 4 they were 3 and 0 in the acc and um you know um and the you know uh, mcmahon had a a 1.05 era chris mcmahon yeah and uh and and to Coney had a three point 80 but he was you know slated to go high yeah and it just uh, but it was such a sh- there was hardly any part of the season you mm-hmm. know it's just uh, it's such a shame it really is like you have baseball I'm, I'm telling you they were they were primed to do decent things at least yeah. get
0: into and the, the pitching season. staff was gonna be really good obviously and we didn't get to see that three you know chris McMahon Brian Vitt Van- you know, Chris McMahon and Slade Ciccone are both going to be probably first or second round picks, and neither of them was Miami's ace. Like, Yeah, yeah. thanks. And, like,
1: and Terrell, he was so fun. Every time he got up, I mean, oh my God. Yeah, there was right? a chance.
0: Yeah. Oh, and like then it, obviously Freddie it. Zamora getting hurt kind of like put a damper on the season at the very start. But um, so it's still be fun to monitor this draft. You know, it was, I had a lot of fun watching the NFL draft when it came around because it was like – the first time you watched something where you like, you didn't know what was going to happen. Like you could really like not predict what was going to happen. Um, right. Which is kind of like the beauty. Like I, that's what I realized. Like I miss about sports was like, you know, when we were trying to see if two, it was going to follow the dolphins. It was like thrilling. Like you just, ha- I hadn't had something like that in a while where it was like, yeah, I don't know the out, what the outcome is going to be. And it it has, big, long-ranging effects, and, you know, the MLB draft's not as exciting as the NFL draft, no offense to big MLB draft enthusiasts out there, but it'll be fun to, like, you know, the Marlins are picking high, obviously, you have got these Miami guys in the mix, a lot of locals, so, like, it'll be fun to keep an eye on.
1: Well, I, David, I think with five rounds, it's way more fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, I might actually watch the second day now, like... <laughs> Normally I would just right. kind of tune out after day one and like monitor it on Twitter or whatever. Um, uh-huh. Now I might actually watch it. Like it's, it's very palatable now.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Very true. All right. Uh, let's wrap things up there. Um, you can follow Susan on Twitter at S Miller Degnan. Um, anything you're working on right now that you can uh, talk about?
1: Oh, I've got, I've got some, some things I'm working on, but I hate, Oh, I hate, you hate maybe i superstitious. Yeah talking about it beforehand but i am working on stuff football related all sports related um everything um all the time yeah
0: yeah if you missed it also check out her her, she talked like i said she talked to manny diaz last week and milked three stories out of that half hour conversation right
1: yeah well including blake yep (laughs) yeah yeah yeah.
0: right including blake james so yeah a lot of stuff about like a lot of the stuff we talked about today the coronavirus effects and and the george floyd protests so you can check that out. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DBWilson2. Um, kind of yeah. working on a little bit of everything these days. So, you yeah, know, like always.
1: You are. Lots of recruiting. Yeah, a
0: lot of rec- it's kind of recruiting season. We didn't get to talk much about recruiting today, but Miami got a big commitment last week. Could get a couple more this week. Um, so maybe maybe we'll talk about that next week or whenever we come back. So I think we can yeah, wrap things know, up there, though. Nope, will be news. Yeah, no. there'll always be news, so. All right. um, Thanks, as always, for listening, guys, and uh, we will uh, talk to you later.
1: Take care, everyone.